Heavenly Father, you who dwells in light and approachable, we thank you for having given us life again this morning. We thank you for your watchful care and tender mercies. All creatures look to thee, the birds, the sea creatures, the land creatures, humans, all of us are lined up looking up to thee and you superintend all our affairs. Now we're about to study your word. Lord, we pray that we'll see thee even more clearly and get instructions on how to go about our business today. This is our prayer to Christ our Lord. Amen. Our High Calling, July 2 The Peril of Prosperity If riches increase, set not your heart upon them. Psalm chapter 62 verse 10 Among the greatest dangers that threaten the church is the love of the world. Out of this spring the scenes of selfishness and covetousness. With many, the more they get of the earthly treasure, the more they set their affections on it, and still they reach out for more. Satan employs every means which he can devise to overthrow the followers of Christ. With marvelous skill and cunning, he adapts his temptations to the peculiar temperament of each. Those who are naturally selfish and covetous, he often tempts by throwing prosperity in their way. He knows that if they do not overcome their natural temperament, the love of mammon will cause them to stumble and fall. His object is often accomplished. When the riches of the world are offered them, many eagerly grasp the treasure and think they are wonderfully prospered. The strong love of the world soon swallows up the love of the truth. If those who are thus prospered would lay their possessions upon the altar of God, they might overcome their selfish, covetous spirit, and so thwart the design of Satan. Worldly wealth may be made a blessing if rightly used. All who possess it should realize that it is lent them of God to be employed in His service. By giving freely to advance the cause of truth and to relieve the wants of the needy, they may be the means of saving others and thus bring a blessing to their own souls here and lay up in heaven a treasure that shall be theirs hereafter. Many hardly know as yet what self-denial is or what it is to sacrifice for the truth's sake, but none will enter heaven but by the same path of humiliation, self-sacrifice, and cross-bearing that the Savior trod. Only those who are willing to sacrifice all for eternal life will have it. But it will be worth suffering for, 
worth crucifying self and sacrificing every idol for. The far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory will outweigh every earthly treasure and eclipse every earthly attraction. Amen. The title of our devotion is The Peril of Prosperity. Combining the two words peril and prosperity is not something common today. I would say very and extremely rare for people to associate prosperity with trouble and peril. The popular gospel of today is that the Bible and coming to Christ is a means for prosperity and when we say prosperity it is not prosperity as defined by the word of God but prosperity as defined by the world prosperity as far as the world is concerned has to do with increase in money wealth possessions power authority when you have that then you are declared as a one who is prospering so when we use that definition that that is prosperity when the bank account is getting fat when the possessions are increasing when the position is getting higher and higher there are promotions that is what prosperity is as far as the world is concerned and that's all we're talking about the peril of prosperity but the world doesn't see that way there's no peril in prosperity as far as the world is concerned prosperity is not perilous at all but in fact it is most desirable it is the best thing that can happen to you in fact that is what you should live for live for prosperity and that's why they have slogans like my money and my mind and my mind and my money get rich or die trying and then some people say if we don't have money then what do we gain in this world they sing it in their songs talk about it they, they make a lot of noise with it when they make a lot of money then they make songs about it and start to show all the wealth that they have and then they attribute it to god and say oh god has blessed me or oh, they call him baba god and then others would say oh let us pop champagne for what the lord has done for us and they sing it in the songs too and they say god wins when they have made a lot of money he doesn't win when they are standing for him he doesn't win when they pass through persecution god does not win in that one and they don't praise him for it the bible says we should rejoice when we are persecuted for righteousness sake but no they say no they even change the songs they say there is a song that goes this way today i will lift up my voice in praise for i know you have always you have always been there for me no matter what they say when trouble comes my way i will praise the lord but they changed it it is now when success comes my way i will praise the lord you see the prosperity gospel is something that is rife among christians today no one wants to hear about suffering nobody wants to hear about poverty no one wants to hear about self-denial all they want is more 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 give it to me i want more money raise me up prayer for position prayer for wealth prayer to get the visa and get the passport to go outside the country for a better life oh that's all the world is looking for and they don't see any peril at all in it but if only people can understand the plan of the devil they would really see that this prosperity which they seek is not as harmless as they think 
If only we will study our Bibles, we will realize that we ought to be humble when asking God for these things that we term as prosperity. And we'll go through the Bible today to see how Christians should think, how Jesus sees these things, and how godly people should understand it. We already started by looking at it yesterday and we'll continue from that point. What does the Bible teach about wealth, about possessions, about position? Is it something we should strive for? And if we should strive for it, what should it be used for? The first Bible passage is Proverbs 23 verse 4 which says, Labor not to be rich, seize from thine own wisdom. Will thou set thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings, they fly away as an eagle towards heaven. Eat thou not the bread of him that has an evil eye, neither desire thou his dainty meats. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. God instructs, labor not to be rich. But if you ask many people, why did they open their business? And they will tell you, to get money, to be rich. That's just the end of it. Nothing more. Just to see the money accumulate. But what is the danger in this? What is it that the Lord is trying to pre- prevent and try to protect us from when he says that we shouldn't labor to be rich? I read now from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 30 verse 7 to 9 says, Two things have I required of thee. Deny me them not before I die. Remove far from me vanity and lies. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me, lest I be full and deny thee and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain. So what is it here that the wise man sees? He sees that there is a tendency to forget God when riches come. Do you see it? You who are desiring to have more, more, more. Do you see that that more you are requesting for, you are actually requesting for something that can destroy you, that can make you forget God? Would you want that to happen to you? If not, would you not pray this same prayer? Some people will say, God forbid, they don't want to make this prayer and say, Oh God, don't give me more riches than I can handle that will make me forget you and don't also make me poor. They they don't want to be limited. They want it to keep increasing. They know that if they make such prayer that the Lord will intervene in their lives and they don't want that. But if you are indeed a child of God, you wouldn't have a problem making that prayer. Yesterday we read from the book of 1 Timothy chapter 6 and I'll still read it again to give us reasons why there is a peril, peril in prosperity. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, reading from verse 6, we say, But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content." But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. I take that line again. Verse 9. Please let the Holy Spirit set this to our hearts as you listen. But they 
that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition for the love of money is the root of all evil which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows look around you brothers and sisters and ask yourself how many times have you not seen this happen to people do you think it will not happen to you that when we love money and we seek for it and labor to be rich when the lord has said labor not to be rich you can labor but let your motive not be i want to be rich that is what that passage is saying he's not saying that money itself is bad but when you cherish the thoughts in your heart and you're motivated by much and by covetousness just desiring to have more more that's your motivation i want to be rich and many young people say that today what will happen they pierce themselves through with many sorrows look at africa especially in nigeria what are the youths doing they are laboring to be rich they call it g ganaboga yahoo yahoo plus and all of that and what has it led them to it has led them to all kinds of wickedness foolishness and sin people are selling their souls to the devil just for the sake of being rich they travel far and wide to do all things just to be rich just to get prosperity people go down to morocco just to swim from one river to go to spain and then they perish in the river many in the in their own vicinity they enter into the internet internet fraud stealing lying pretending and also deceiving people just to get wealth and many have gone to the devil himself and made contracts with the devil just so they want to be rich and many ladies have been trafficked from all over the world i'll say here in africa over to italy over to uk to the us just to go and do prostitution but what is the purpose they are motivated to be rich the bible says labor not to be rich it is this love of money that is the root of all evil people are stealing lying killing uh, committing adultery they are going into fornication people are sleeping with dogs people are becoming homosexual sleeping with their things they're doing things they would rather not do but what is the motivation they have one motivation riches wealth but it is drowning them into destruction and perdition and the covetousness is killing them oh my and the fact is that many of them after practicing many of these things a good number of them do not even get the riches that they were craving for and there are some who just after getting it they don't live long and they perish and die their life wasted there are others because of the things they do just to get there they become sick and their bodies are wasted and they do not even enjoy the money that they claim to enjoy and some for not having the wisdom of how to use the money the money that they get is what destroys them it would have been better that they didn't have it because when they do have it peril indeed prosperity is a peril because the money opens the doors they now go to the clubs things that they couldn't do before buying the alcohol going to places that they shouldn't have gone to that is what the money opens the door to for them to do 
And these things that the money opens the door for them to do is what actually destroys them. Whereas if they didn't have that money, they wouldn't have gone to that club, they wouldn't have gotten the alcohol, they wouldn't have had those many women and many men to sleep with, they wouldn't have done all those things which led to their fast destruction. My oh my, look at what money and the love of it has done to people. Do you think you can handle it? Do you think you can handle prosperity? Be humble. Not many people can handle prosperity. And all you need to ask of the Lord is, Lord, please do not make me poor. And don't make me rich. Give me just enough for me so that I will not forget you and say who is the Lord. Or so that I will not steal and use your name in vain should be our prayer. Look at how many things people have done just because of prosperity going or desiring to be rich and then even when they have gotten it let's talk about that and i've said it before when they have gotten the money what do they use it for the money becomes a perilous curse to them right because of the things i have listed others become proud people who were once humble who could greet people before because they have money now they cannot greet anybody again they walk by haughty in spirit lifted up and then they use the money to oppress people they go and hire police to do things when people offend them because they have the money whereas if they did not have the money they would not have done that they would have seemed more humble their lives would have been looked at as a gracious one you see i usually tell people money is what brings out character many times when money comes wealth position power those things bring out our character you may seem all humble right now as you are listening you may look as though you are a nice person you are such a good person so kind so loving so humble but as wealth begins to increase your true character will come out greed comes with it envy and jealousy comes with it and then you are opened to things that you were never aware of before thoughts will start coming to your mind that were never there before when you didn't have the money you could only wish and sometimes your wishes are limited but as the money begins to increase and the account becomes fat what happens the devil comes because he has a hand in it there's no blessing that the lord gives that the devil will not try to twat to his purpose and make it a curse money is not about it's not a curse it's a blessing but the devil can turn it to a curse and sometimes he is the one who even gives us the means to make wealth especially when we sin against god just to make wealth you tell lies about your age and your date of birth you change this and change that tell lies so you can get that money and get the job god is not the one giving you that money you and the devil connived to get it and when you do get it he wants to use it to destroy you that's what he wants to use it to do to intoxicate you and destroy you so what happens when we get these things we open the door like i was saying you 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 may look all good now but when the money comes in your character will really show we will know who you really are when the money comes now you look all humble but when money comes we will know whether you you are humble or proud now you look all kind you see it's very good to give it's very easy to give windows might oh widow's might i have only hundred i drop it in church but as money increases so you don't want to ever see your account dry anymore when you have millions in your account but you can't give it all you can't give it all and then you become very very careful i don't want to come to lack again so you when you even have just two million you say oh i don't have money but before when you had just small amount you could give it all to god 
covetousness increases as money increases so we must be careful how we ask for these things and when they come we need to know what is it to be used for so what is the purpose of wealth and i'll read for us before i read i want you to understand the purpose of wealth is the purpose of your life what is the purpose of life genesis 1 verse 26 god made you to be in his image we have lost the image of god every blessing that god gives to us now we are supposed to use it to see how that image of god can be restored in us and when we say image of god i refer to his character i have lost it one of the characters of god is mercy and abundance in goodness that is it and that he makes the sun to shine on both the wicked and the good he gives to all so money is a means for us to display that character of god and also it's a means for us to try and acquire something that we don't have in the character of god so i'll be reading from the book deuteronomy chapter 8 reading from verse 11 god gives a warning and in this warning is contained his purpose for giving us wealth beware that thou forgettest not the lord thy god in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which i command thee this day lest when thou hast eaten and are full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied and all that thou hast is multiplied then thy heart be lifted up and thou forget the lord thy god which brought thee forth out of the land of egypt from the house of bondage who led thee through that great and terrible wilderness wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought where there was no water who brought thee forth water out of the rock of flint who fed thee in the wilderness with manna which thy fathers knew not that he might humble thee and that he might prove thee to do thee good at the latter end and that thou say in thine heart my power and the might of mine hand had gotten me this wealth but thou shalt remember the lord thy god for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day amen after giving the warning of how we shouldn't forget him after giving all the warnings after giving all the warnings on how we shouldn't forget him after we've done this and done that with our money the lord reminds us this is the purpose for which the money was given in the first place to establish the covenant what covenant jeremiah 31 tells us the covenant that god has made with us and the covenant he wants to make with us god says behold the days are coming says the lord for i will make a new covenant with the house of israel and the house of judah and what is the covenant god says i will put my law in their hearts and write it on their minds and i will be their god and they shall be my people no more shall any man say to his neighbor know the lord for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest of them says the lord and i will forgive their iniquity and their sins i will remember no more that is jeremiah chapter 31 reading from verse 31 down to verse 33 and verse 34 also that is the covenant 
to restore the image of God in man, that the law should be in our hearts. The money was given for that purpose. And if money, if prosperity is not going to be a peril, it is only as we use the wealth that God has given to us for the right purposes. And what is the right purpose? To establish the covenant. And this covenant is established by our using the wealth for the right things. And that is to ensure that we are becoming more and more like Jesus and to also help others in the same direction. That is the purpose of prosperity. God gives it to us to use it for that reason. In our devotion here at High Calling, page 189, paragraph 4, we read, If those who are thus prospered will lay their possessions upon the altar of God, they might overcome their selfish covetous spirit and so twat the design of Satan. Satan wants to destroy you, twat it by using the money for the work of God. Worldly wealth may be made a blessing if rightly used. All who possess it should realize that it is lent them of God to be employed in his service by giving freely to advance the course of truth and and to relieve the wants of the needy. They may be the means of saving others and thus bring a blessing to their own souls here and lay up in heaven a treasure that shall be theirs hereafter. Many hardly know as yet what self-denial is or what it is to sacrifice for the truth's sake, but none will enter heaven but by the same path of humiliation, self-sacrifice and cross-bearing that the Savior trod. Only those who are willing to sacrifice all for eternal life will have it. But it will be worth suffering for, worth crucifying self and sacrificing every idol for. The far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory will outweigh every earthly treasure. So, God is trying to make us understand how money can be used to, in a way that it, instead of it being a means to destroy, it will actually be a means to bless. And certainly it's not by spending on material things. That is what the Bible calls the love of the world. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For this, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Now, if you are spending your money on the lust of the world, which is the lust of the eyes, flesh, and the pride of life to gratify yourself, visiting places just for the sake of entertainment, you are, not, you are destroying yourself with your money. If you are using it to do things that encourage self-gratification and indulgence and this lust of the flesh, enjoyment, food, and all of that, your money is destroying you. Many people have used their money to eat themselves to death buying things that are entering into their bloodstream corrupting their system destroying their liver their kidney bladder heart cardiovascular disease on the rise and all these are lifestyle disease the disease of the rich and wealthy they spend their money on things that destroy them that they eat and destroys their life but god says "Mm -mm, instead of doing that use the money to further the work of god buy the books sponsor the missionary activities by the godly books read read them don't say it's too expensive go and buy the spirit of prophecy books go and study get the videos that will help you to know more about god go to places organize evangelism go to places where the lord is being spoken of if there's none create them with your money help the needy and the poor 
and thereby you'll be laying for yourself treasures in heaven and the Lord will bless you. There is more that I can say about this issue but as we go on subsequently, the Lord will bless us with more information. I pray that God will help us to be humble about our request concerning prosperity and should it come in the sense of wealth because prosperity according to Joshua 1 verse 8 is to keep the commandments of God. This is good success. Success is all about the law of God. Joshua was told, this is your success here. When you you have the law and you do not forget it, that is what we are told. In Joshua 1 verse 8 and 9, you can find it there where he was told that this book of the law shall not depart from your mind. You will meditate on it day and night. And in summary, that was how he was supposed to have prosperity success. But since we are talking of prosperity in the context of money and possessions and position, understand, be humble about how you request for such things and pray for the Lord to give you the grace to use it for the right purposes. Amen. Reading from the third paragraph, it says that only those who are willing to sacrifice all for eternal life will have it, but it will be worth suffering for. What's crucifying self and sacrificing every idol for? The far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory will outweigh every earthly treasure and eclipse every earthly attraction so it has been spelled out before us today our duty and i just want to add that when isaiah says that god weighs the mountains in scales behold the nations are as a drop of a bucket and are counted as the small dust of the balance behold he ticket up the hours as a very small thing. In other words, compare what God made and all we see with our eyes, all the nations of the earth. We have about 200 countries in this world. When you put them on a scale, it's like placing a speck of dust on the scale. The scale will not even move. So if you take everything in this world, everything you can see, and place it on the side of the scale, and compare it to the weight of glory so you begin to imagine what we stand to lose say what shall it profit a man if he will gain the whole world so you see many hardly know as yet what self-denial is or what it is to sacrifice for the truth's sake but none will enter heaven but by the same path of humiliation and self-sacrifice and cross-bearing that Christ the Savior troth. So we see the story where the gift is competing with the giver. Just try to give a child your property and in a few minutes try to take it back. They won't want to give it to you again. So God has given us things to use for service. But now when he wants to offer himself to us to collect the thing from us, give it to somebody else and offer himself to us, we refuse. The story is in Mark chapter 10 of the rich young ruler. I read from verse 17 downwards it says, 
And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and knelt to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness. Defraud not, honor thy father and thy mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give it to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. So we stop here. You see that the man was thought that Jesus wanted to make him poor. And so he had great possessions. And he was sad. He went away. What he had was given to him by God in the first place. And so he, instead of allowing himself to be a conduit through which the possessions will flow to the poor and to the needy, to the widow, to the fatherless, to the motherless, he kept it for himself. He closed it up. And now when the master had need of it, he would not come to follow Jesus. He preferred to keep the gift instead of receiving Christ, the giver. And then from 23 it says, And Jesus looked round about and says unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answers again and says unto them, Children, how hard it is for them that is for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? And Jesus, looking upon them, says, With men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all and have followed you. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that has left house, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake and the gospels but he shall receive an hundredfold noun in this time houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with with persecutions and in the world to come eternal life so this event was so striking that a whole chapter was dedicated to it in the desire of ages. Let me read an extract from the chapter. It says, Jesus, chapter 57, Jesus desired to test the ruler's sincerity and to draw from him the way in which he regarded him as good. Did he realize that the one to whom he was speaking was the Son of God? 
what was the true sentiment of his heart. This ruler had a high estimate of his own righteousness. He did not really suppose that he was defective in anything, yet he was not altogether satisfied. He longed to see in him a humble and contrite heart. Jesus now, conscious of the supreme love to be given to God and hiding its lack in the perfection of Christ, Jesus saw in this ruler just the help he needed if the young man would become a co-liberal with him in the work of salvation, if he would place himself under the Christ's guidance, he would be a power for good. In a marked degree, the ruler could have represented Christ, for he possessed qualifications which, if he were united with the Savior, would enable him to become a divine force among men. Christ, seeing into his character, loved him. Love for Christ was awakening in the ruler's heart, for love begets love. Jesus longed to see him a co-worker with him. He longed to make him like himself, a mirror in which the likeness of God will be reflected. He longed to develop the excellence of his character and sanctify it to the master's use. If the ruler had given him himself to Christ, he would have grown in the atmosphere of his presence. If he had made the choice, how different would have been his future? One thing thou lackest, Jesus said, if thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. Christ read the ruler's heart, only one thing he lacked, but that was a vital principle. He needed the love of God and the soul. This lack, unless supplied, would prove fatal to him. His whole nature would become corrupted by indulgence, selfishness would strengthen. That he might receive the love of God, his supreme love of self must be surrendered. Christ gave this man a test. He called upon him to choose between the heavenly treasure and the worldly greatness. The heavenly treasure was assured him if he would follow Christ, but self must yield. He will have to come under Christ's control. The very holiness of God was offered to the young ruler. He had the privilege of becoming a son of God and a co-heir with Christ to the heavenly treasure. But he must take up the cross and follow the Savior in the path of self-denial. Christ's words were verily to the ruler the invitation, Choose ye this day whom you will serve. Joshua chapter 24 verse 15. The choice was left with him. Jesus was yearning for his conversion. He had shown him the plague spot in his character and with what deep interest he washed the issue as the young man weighed the question. If he decided to follow Christ, he must obey his words in everything. He must turn from his ambitious projects with what earnest, anxious longing, what soul hunger that the Savior looked at the young man, hoping that he would yield to the invitation of the Spirit of God. 
Christ made the only terms which could place the ruler where he could perfect a Christian character. His words were words of wisdom, though they appeared severe and exacting, and accepting and obeying them was the ruler's only hope of salvation. So we see that from here we'll draw the conclusion that the man, although he was rich, but in reality, in heaven's eyes, he was a poor man. And so Christ was offering him riches, but he would not exchange what he is seen now. He could not by faith behold the eternal riches. And so he, he was content. Okay, please let me keep the one I have here. I, I, I do not believe uh, it's, it's too much of a risk to give up this one for that one. He wanted the heavenly treasure, but he wanted also the temporal advantages his riches would bring. He was sorry that such conditions existed and he desired eternal life but was not willing to make the sacrifice. The cost of eternal life seemed too great and he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. His claim that he had kept the law of God was a deception. He showed that riches were his idol. He could not keep the commandments of God while the world was first in his affections. He loved the gifts of God more than he loved the giver. Christ had offered the young man fellowship with himself. Follow me, he said. But the Savior was not so much to him as his own name among men or his possessions. To give up his earthly treasure that was seen for the heavenly treasure that was unseen was too great a risk. He refused to offer and he refused the offer of eternal life and went away and ever after the war was to receive his worship. Now for us today, he says, thousands are passing through this ordeal weighing Christ against the world and many choose the world like the young ruler they turn from the Savior saying in their hearts I will not have this man as my leader. Christ's dealing with the young man is presented as an object lesson. God has given us the rule of conduct which every one of his servants must follow. So we see that those who set their hearts on riches will cling to it instead of clinging to Jesus. May that not be our portion in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Holy Father in heaven, we thank you for this reminder and solemn message that you have given to us today. Lord in heaven, the motivation of our hearts may have gone in the wrong direction and we are motivated just to be rich and to have money and to be wealthy and be happy about it. Please Lord, forgive us for having such motivations and thoughts in our hearts, for laboring to be rich. Now Lord, I pray, please transform our minds that we should have godliness with contentment and see that as our great gain. Help us, Lord, not to be envious and covetous and selfish, but help us, Lord, to desire the better gifts, which is the kingdom of God and its righteousness. We may have used our wealth and, uh, to destroy our own lives and the lives of others. Forgive us for these things and help us from henceforth to make a commitment, Lord, to you now that we will use our wealth 
and all our talents and material possessions to build up your kingdom and to also build ourselves up to reflect your image. Do this for us, O Lord, and take the glory. Help anyone who is listening now who is struggling with this matter that they will get the victory and strength from you to do the needful. In Jesus' name I've prayed.